Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Now, speaking of the Navy, our next guest is one of my fellow sailors. Though while we both served in the Navy, Salvatore DeFranco was doing slightly more high-speed stuff than I was. You see, Salvatore was a SEAL. And while every SEAL has a fascinating story, it's only a part of their story. After they get out, they do fascinating things. Think of Eli Crane founding Bottle Breacher. Think of Dan Crenshaw running for Congress down in Texas. Think of Nick Etten advocating for marijuana legalization. Think of Don Shipley hunting those phony seals out there and taking our wounded warriors out hunting. There are so many seals having so many different types of success after they get out. It's really fascinating to talk to them about how and why they think they're able to find that success and why they seem to be so good at not only doing great things after they get out, but doing great things for the veteran community at large. And Salvatore DeFranco He's doing both of those things with his company, Battlegrounds Coffee. It's a very successful and, dare I say, cool coffee company. And we now welcome him to the show. Salvatore, good morning. How are you doing up there? Doing great, Eric. Thanks for having, having me on. Uh, as I say up there, see what I didn't tell the audience is that Salvatore is up in Massachusetts and there is a major snowstorm on the way, although I understand it is not quite there yet. So, Salvatore, are you originally from Massachusetts or where did you grow up and actually join the Navy from? Yeah, Eric. So I'm originally from Beverly, Massachusetts. And um, after high school, I enlisted in the Navy. And during your time in the Navy, of course, as I mentioned, serving with the vaunted U.S. Navy SEALs, tell us a little bit about your career. How long did you serve? What team were you on? And what did you generally do while you were in? Yeah, so ever since I was uh, a lot younger, I I had always had this desire to serve. Um, I was a sophomore in high school when 9-11 happened, and that just furthered my commitment um, to serving our country. So once I graduated high school, I enlisted in the Navy with a contract to go through BUDS. Um, I was 18. I graduated with class 255 and was assigned to SEAL Team 3. I deployed to Iraq in 2006. Uh, When I got back, I switched commands and started working for Naval Special Warfare Group 1 Training Detachment, where I was a maritime operations instructor. And what exactly does that mean? Because we've heard other people talk about that before. I mean, kind of within the SEAL community, there are different commands, almost like there are within, like, say, regular Navy, where you might go ship to ship. Is it normal for someone to go from team to team or, as you did, from team to the maritime security? Yeah, so within the SEAL teams, we conduct our own training. And so once you've served on a a SEAL team, uh, it's very common that you – switch over to serve in some sort of training capacity. So for me, I was instructing maritime operations to field platoons as they came through training. Wow. Very cool stuff. Now, of course, you do your time uh, on the SEAL team and then moving into the maritime security and doing training and doing everything else that you did. 
When it came time for Salvatore DeFranco, the SEAL, to become Salvatore DeFranco, the civilian, what do you remember about that time frame, your preparation to get out of the Navy, and the actual transition from Navy SEAL to former Navy SEAL and civilian? Yeah, so I think like a lot of veterans, I, I did have a hard time with that transition. Um, when I got out, you're, you're really excited at first. It's a new challenge. You know, you're going to go to college. You're going you're gonna to climb the corporate ladder. You're going to do something significant in the civilian world. But once you start becoming involved in the civilian world, you realize that things aren't the same as they are in the military. You know, the chain of command isn't um, the same. The, the accountability isn't the same. And that really affected me. Uh, once I became a civilian. You know, one of the things that I talk about here in, in looking back on my transition to the civilian world is one of the things that can benefit military members that I think we don't think about when we transition to the civilian world is just the fact that we are able to, as you said, accountability, wake up and show up and be where we're supposed to be when we're supposed to be there. How surprised were you when you got out, particularly coming from the SEAL teams, to find how uh, how unaccountable some people are when you get out of the military? Was that a shock to your system? Yeah, it really was. It, it, not only was it a shock at how uh, you know, unaccountable people were to themselves, but what was probably even more shocking was that the people in charge weren't holding those people accountable. Mm. And I think that was truly the biggest shock for me that, you know, people could get away with things that in the military just wouldn't happen. You know, there's cert- I've certainly witnessed uh, quite a bit of that, both in my educational career after I got out, as well as uh, in the professional world after that. Now, what happened for you when you got out? You leave the Navy. Uh, did you decide to go to school? Did you get a job when you got out? What What was your plan when you got out, and how did you put it into action? Yeah, so when I got out of the military, I uh, first, like a lot of fellow veterans, I um, enrolled in college. I started going to school. Uh, I think I was a biology major at the time, but that would change it, uh, about 20 times <laughs> before I decided to leave college. Um, so I was in college for a couple of years and then I decided that I really missed that military lifestyle. I really missed that camaraderie. And so I was able to spend about two years contracting, which, uh, I thought would fulfill that void. Um, but it, it, it didn't, it really didn't. And of course, going into that and trying to to fill that void, there are a lot of veterans who go through that issue, having a plan and particularly for SEALs. I've I've had the pleasure of knowing Navy SEALs uh, through my family growing up while I was in the Navy, after the Navy. You tend to be very detail oriented, execution oriented, have a plan, execute it, execute it the way that's planned. Of course, adapting when anything comes up. How difficult was it for you to think this is what I'm going to do when I get out. This is what I need to do. And then find that it actually, that, that wasn't the route that you needed to go. What was that like, that realization? Yeah, well, I think some of the things you, you learn in, in the SEAL teams is mental toughness and resiliency. And so when something doesn't go your way or go as planned, you make adjustments and you carry on. And so that's what I did. When college wasn't working, I made an adjustment. I tried contracting. When contracting wasn't working, I made an adjustment and decided I wanted to open up my own business, start my own company. And so, you know, at first you don't succeed, try, try again. And I think that that's something that's instilled in a lot of veterans. You know, if something doesn't go your way, that doesn't mean that you give up. That means that you make adjustments and you continue mission. 
Right. And looking at one of your fellow SEALs, there's a great video out there of this little speech given by Jocko Willink, retired SEAL officer, about it's called Good. And it focuses on how when something doesn't go well, look at it as an opportunity to improve. Look at it as an opportunity to continue bettering yourself. And it certainly seems to be an ethos that I notice within many from the special operations community, specifically the SEALs. Now, as I mentioned, Salvatore, you would go on to found Battlegrounds Coffee, a very cool, very successful coffee company that's not just a coffee company, as I've learned this morning. You actually have brick-and-mortar locations. So tell us about how you first came to, to look at coffee as a possible opportunity for you in the business world. What actually brought you into the world of coffee and caffeinated beverages? Right. So this, this kind of uh, ties into what we were talking about a little earlier when you had mentioned what uh, Jocko has spoken about, you know, finding um, learning lessons and finding opportunities and things that don't necessarily go your way. So when I was contracting, I was able to do a lot of traveling, uh, went to a number of countries. And when I was in those countries, you know, and you don't know anybody and you're traveling alone, you typically go to a cafe and hang out there and, and get a feel for how the culture and the community operates. And then, try to integrate yourself into that community and, and make friends and, 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 and have a good time while you're there. And so that kind of kick-started my fascination with the idea of opening a cafe. And what were the steps that you had to take? I mean, we've talked to some other people involved in coffee businesses, and I've learned a lot, actually, through this show. I'm, I'm a guy who just enjoys pulling up to the drive-thru at Dunkin' Donuts and getting a large cup of coffee. But when it comes to coffee brands and the beans and everything, there's a lot that goes into it. I mean, how knowledgeable were you heading into uh, the creation of Battlegrounds Coffee, of what would be required of you in the coffee world, and how did you, uh, how did you do at the beginning with all of that? Yeah, so once I made up my mind to start this company, uh, I started to assemble a team. I started to go around and find people who were more knowledgeable than I was, who were better at certain things than I was. You know, I'm a good marketer. However, I could find somebody who's better at roasting coffee than I am, mm. or I can find somebody who's better at designing a cafe than I am. And so that's another thing I think you learn in the military is always try to surround yourself with people that are better than you are. And that is a key that we find with so many uh, success stories in the veteran entrepreneurial space is finding what they're good at, focusing on that, and then also building a team around them. So when you started Battlegrounds Coffee, I mean, was this a one-man operation when you started it up, or did you have people working alongside you to create it? No. So actually, I started Battlegrounds Coffee Company with my wife, Dana, and she is definitely a stronger and smarter and better person than I am. Uh, so she was the first, uh, member of the team and, um, she's the most invaluable member of the team. And having that team there and having the coffee company, which has so many great products out there. Uh, the one I noticed that I, I would think if you're not already, you gotta be making a killing on at some point. I know Navy chiefs basically are born with a coffee cup <laughs> welded to their hand, and you actually have a coffee bean roast called khaki that would seem to be tailor-made for them. So having that military theme with your coffee, uh, you know, wh where did you come up with that idea? I mean, was that always the plan to kind of have uh, the military theme along with it? And how has that worked out so far? It has. So myself having served and my wife's father having served in Vietnam, her grandfather having served in World War II, there's a strong military presence within our family, and we wanted to pay respect to that. And so when we started Battlegrounds Coffee Company, 
you know, we always wanted to give back to the veteran community and our community as a whole as well, but specifically the veteran community. And so we did carry that military theme throughout the company and it's, it's working great. People really embrace it. You know, veterans and non-veterans really enjoy it. They have a lot of fun with it. Now, as I mentioned, and we're speaking to Salvatore DeFranco, former Navy SEAL and current owner of Battlegrounds Coffee Company, along with his wife, Dana, as I mentioned, you guys have an actual brick-and-mortar location. I mean, we've talked to uh, fellow veteran coffee companies, and I, I know people who are involved in the coffee business uh, who are non-veterans, but uh, it's kind of unique for you guys to actually have your own location uh, to sell your coffee and not just being marketing it to stores or other cafes or things like that. When did you make the decision and why to actually have your own cafe? Yeah, so the decision to become a coffee roaster and a, a, a cafe, they coincided. They happened simultaneously. We think it's really important to be able to operate uh, a brick and mortar where you're able to interact with your customers every day and you're able to interact with the people in your community and in the veteran community every day. I mean, having a brick and mortar, we've become such a resource to the veteran community. You know, we have the Massachusetts Director of Veterans Affairs as a regular. We have uh, local and state politicians uh, that frequent our cafe. We have VFW, the DAV, AMBET. You know, they're always in our cafe, and that allows us to interact with these people face-to-face and really get things done. So in that way, our brick-and-mortar stores become not only a resource for veterans, but we're also a big advocate for veteran causes. What are some of the things that Battlegrounds Coffee has done in addition to just making great coffee and having a cool cafe for people to kind of congregate, particularly the veteran community? What are some of the other uh, aspects of veteran life? And again, as you mentioned, helping out veterans that you guys have been involved in. Yeah, so almost on a weekly basis, we're holding some sort of event that that revolves around uh, veteran causes. So we'll hold events focused on Um, educational benefits for veterans, health benefits for veterans, housing benefits for veterans. You know, the DAV, the AMBETS, the VFW will host events in our cafe um, just this month. And then continuing into February, uh, we're launching Combat Veteran Homelessness, uh, which is an initiative that uh, encourages people to drop off blankets and other goods and and, uh, products that struggling veterans might need, you know, during the winter, during these cold months. And of course, as we sit here with a snowstorm approaching your location up in Massachusetts, I drove in the snow from, uh, I live outside of Baltimore, driving down to D.C. I drove in the snow today. When we think about uh, the homeless veterans that are out there, and the, the numbers are underestimated when it comes to the homeless veteran population, because there are some that don't acknowledge that they're veterans, don't tell anybody that they're a veteran. Uh, it, it's a serious issue, and there are many veterans uh, affected, and and not just, uh, I know that people have this idea of the Vietnam vet out there and his Vietnam vet ball cap on the side of the street, you know, living in a cardboard box or whatever. That's not necessarily the case, particularly with female veterans who may be couch surfing as they take care of kids and, and other younger veterans out there. Uh, it's a significant issue and, and one that I'm, I'm glad to hear that you guys are working to address. Now, in the, I believe, year plus that you guys have had the brick and mortar location open, it sounds like you've had a bit of success with it. Is there a plan for you guys to actually spread out and start opening you know, Battlegrounds Coffee across the country? Are you looking to take on Starbucks? What's the plan for the future of Battlegrounds Coffee Company? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're currently in the process of opening up three more stores here in Massachusetts. And I think that was the, that's really one of the things that pushed my wife and I to open this cafe and create this coffee company is that we couldn't find anything that was serving the community's needs and the veteran community's needs um, to the extent that we wanted. And so we said, hey, if no one else is going to do it, we're going to do it. And so that's when we went out and created Battlegrounds. But yeah, absolutely. We're, we're looking to expand. We're always uh, exploring opportunities. Like I said, we're currently in the process of opening up three more locations. And that is huge. I mean, that, that's, that's a sign that things are going pretty well for Battlegrounds Coffee Company. We're speaking with the founder of that company, Salvatore DeFranco, native of Massachusetts, with one location up there and coffee available for order. I mean, can people can order it on your, uh, your website, I assume. Is it also available in any stores or anything like that yet? Uh, we, do, we do wholesale. Currently, we're not available in any retail locations other than the cafe. Right. Um, but you can purchase some at battlecoffee.com. We offer all of our idols there. Now, you've had some success, obviously, since, since founding this company. There are a lot of veterans out there who are, you know, thinking that they might want to go into the entrepreneurial world, starting off a company, whether it's a coffee company, a clothing company, whatever they think that they might find. What recommendations would you give to a veteran who's looking to either start their own business or who's been asked to become part of a startup with a fellow veteran who is starting something up, joining a team in the early days? What, what recommendations and advice would you give to those people? Right. So for any veteran who's planning on starting their own business, I would say do everything you can to properly prepare to open your business. Lift up every rock, cross every T, dot every I. You want to plan for every possible contingency, and that's something we learn in the military, right? A uh, mission that's, uh, in which you plan for every contingency, it's more likely to succeed, and it's the same with business. You know, we have a saying in the SEAL teams, that plan your dive and dive your plan. You know, of course, there are going to be things that you don't expect that are going to come up and, you know, that might affect you, but you just need to overcome those and continue mission. Exactly. You know, dust yourself off and, and come at it again. Don't just give up, which is uh, an important thing that people need to take into it. As we've talked to the veteran entrepreneurs out there, even the ones who have become huge successes more often than not had some failures along the way. I mean, when you look back since beginning Battlegrounds Coffee Company, it, it, it probably looks to us on the outside like everything's gone pretty smoothly for you and people probably look at you, oh, look, former Navy SEAL, started a coffee company, got a brick-and-mortar location, about to expand. <laughs> everything's just gone well for him. Were there bumps in the road with Battlegrounds Coffee Company that, that we, this, uh, <laughs> the audience and the, uh, the customer, don't know about? Oh, yeah, absolutely. There, there are a ton of mistakes we made along the way. But I think that part of that building a strong team you know, allows you to recover from those mistakes and allows you to look for other people for advice when you really don't know how to solve the problem you're faced with. Yeah, and that's a key, trying to figure that out. Now, again, when we look at, uh, you've, you've had the suggestions for business, for people, and, and what they should do if they're looking to start their own. Of course, there are many veterans who are just getting out and trying to figure out exactly what they should do. And as you mentioned, you had a plan, what you thought was going to be the right way to go for you, and it turned out it wasn't exactly for you. 
when you think back to that time of transition, leaving the SEAL teams, leaving the Navy, becoming a civilian again, what were some lessons that you learned during that time that you wish you'd known uh, when you actually got that DD-214 in hand? You know, that's a great question. Um, and, I, and I don't know that I can necessarily answer that right now. I think that the mistakes I made while getting out um, – have turned into lessons learned and have, have really benefited me now that I'm, now that I own my own company and, you know, life has kind of progressed past that point. Right. And do you think that that's kind of important actually, that people are able to make those mistakes on their own and have the, uh, the, the problems that they do? Do you think it's important to have those learning experiences and not have everything go perfectly for you when you get out? Yeah. I think no matter how much information you have before you, transition out of the military, you're going to make mistakes. And I think it is important to make those mistakes because like I said earlier, you know, those turn into lessons learned and and those are very valuable as you grow up and as you move past those points in life. Yeah. I mean, it really, there, there are some things that are just universal, I think. And I think having a bit of struggle now, we don't want people struggling to the point where, (laughs) where they're just ready to give up on everything and just like, ah, I'm done with it. I'm going to go get a job at McDonald's or whatever. And Hey, nothing wrong with getting a job at McDonald's. If that's what you want to do. Um, it's interesting to hear, you know, from someone who's had success that you think those, those failures and those mistakes that you made along the way were beneficial towards you for you in the long run. And, And it's something that I, you know, honestly, it's, it's a common theme that when we talk to, uh, you know, I use the example often of Dan Alaric of Grunt Style, number one post 9-11 mm-hmm. veteran-owned business, a guy who went to uh, a convention and his wife said, listen, if we don't make $6,000 at this thing, we're done. We're, you're getting a real job. We're doing something else. They made like 60 500 or something like that they made it just over the (laughs) limit and he still wasn't sure you know if it was going to work but that sticking to it that adjusting and that changing and adapting and overcoming is something that uh, veterans tend to be pretty good at and one who's been pretty good at it so far is salvatore defranco now salvatore uh, i know a lot of veteran business owners also like to bring veterans onto their team is that something that you guys have been doing at battlegrounds coffee yeah, absolutely. We we definitely have a, a veteran preference while hiring. We reach out to veterans that are transitioning out of the military. We reach out to veterans that are, you know, utilizing their GI Bill and they're going to school and they need that part-time job at the cafe. And, you know, we're, we're training up a veteran right now as we speak at the roastery to take over a big portion of our roasting operation. So, yeah, we're always looking to hire veterans. And that's uh, another thing that's abundantly clear. When we talk to veterans who've had success in business like Salvatore DeFranco, they're looking out for their brothers and sisters in arms to try and help them uh, find their way as well. Now, Salvatore, if people are interested in finding out more about Battlegrounds Coffee Company or if there's some Navy chief out there saying, what, there's a coffee called khaki? I need me some of that. Where do they go to find out more about you guys? And if they want to order that coffee, where can they go to do that? Right. So we have a website. Uh, it's going to be www.battlecoffee.com. We have a Facebook page. Can, um, that'll be at Battlegrounds Coffee. We have an Instagram. That's at Battlegrounds Coffee. Uh, we have a Twitter, which is at Battle Coffee. Um, you can find out all about us through any of those uh, avenues. Or you can um, reach out to us, send us a private message on any of those forums, and, and we'll be happy to get back to you, answer any questions you might have. 
Well, our thanks to Salvatore DeFranco, founder and owner of Battleground Coffee Company, as well as our best of interviews we played today with John Preston and David Blanco. Coming up tomorrow, hey, the VFW doesn't take vacations. They're going to be here for their weekly Friday spot. I'll be here as well. Hope you have a great day. And if you're in one of those snowbound areas, take care. Be safe. I'll see you tomorrow. Morning briefing. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.